This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, Osiris listeners. We want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Osiris. Hey, this is Oteal. If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. Welcome back to Comes a Time. I'm Oteal. That's Oteal. Uh, today on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, from this band Dead and Company, Bill Kreutzman and John Mayer. Um, wow. Right. Not bad. How I, you know, the universe has been very kind to us. Absolutely. Um, and so it's like, and on the whatever day, you know, God said, maybe you should have Kreutzman and Mayer for your 50th <laughs> podcast. You know, <laughs> like, okay, that sounds great. Wow. Why how not? that worked out. Yeah. And yeah. like it, and like a dead jam, it was a, uh, <laughs> everybody was perfectly imperfect. We had special guest appearances. We had some people leave the first of all anyone watching with the sound off it's like why is the bass player the drummer and the guitar player meeting with the vendor i look like the t-shirt guy everyone's like who the hell is this would they have the the beer guy on for the it's just funny to be like sitting here watching this and i'm like yeah my life is friggin' amazing it was so cool and it was you know billy's coming off these amazing shows that he just had um it's birthday it's birthday birthday in hawaii 75th birthday shows yeah at santana out there yeah it's just unbelievable and these are two conversations that could like the two of them we could eat like we totally should have them on their own as well because it would be so fun to hear like the little deviations that we could have taken at different times but this was such an honor yeah the way it worked out was was perfect yeah and now it's really got me because we've we've group texted and stuff or texted each other individually, but um, I haven't seen their faces. Like seeing Comenti's face that when we had him on the yeah. podcast, yeah, that's the first time I'd seen it in a while. You know, it's like wow, John's hair is a lot longer. And I mean, I've seen it in pictures or on Instagram or whatever, but like live to just talk and yeah, see Bill all shaved up and Bill it's looks really incredible, great. man. He looks so like healthy and ready to rock man everybody seems so like clear and excited this is going to be a great tour and yeah I, he's 
can't wait for it. Yeah, the happiness was just, uh, he was beaming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, playing with Billy and the kids and, you know. Yeah. Shout out to Magner and Tom Hamilton and Reed Mathis. And I'm just, I know you guys had a blast playing with Santana and Billy Strings. And yeah. so Bill was, yeah, his all his lights were on. It was really good. It's a, it's a great podcast. So and we, check it out, y'all. Yeah. And, we, and now we have officially had all of your bandmates, Oteal on the podcast that's right we've we've got the that's whole right. dead and co now that's checked off so and fantastic thank you, thank you to each and every one of them yeah uh for coming on giving us your time yeah uh, blessing us it's a true it's blessing really cool. and and I, i'm honored to be doing this with you oteal and thank you guys for listening here at the osiris network home to so many great podcasts you can check all of them out at osirispod.com also we've got some uh Great inside stuff over at Patreon, patreon.com slash comes a time pod. If you want to come hang with us, you can get your bus pass and uh, step into some wormholes. Enjoy Billy and John, and uh, we'll see you on the road, everyone. Happy 50th, O'Teal. We did it. Yes, happy Peace. 50th, brother. It's really good to see you guys, man. See your faces for the first time, and geez, over a year. No, yeah, too way too this long. Is incredible. Man. I got to play music this last week, though. What a treat! After you haven't played for over a year, right? You yeah. know, the last time I played, both you guys know. And I'll tell you what, it was the highest thing I've done in a long time. I can't wait till we get back and play with our band. You know, Just the is, rehearsals are it's, fine, aren't they? It's the culmination of not uh, getting to do something that you love so much and, and finally getting to do it with a group of really wonderful musicians. It's, it's life-saving. It's the best thing you can do in that. Yeah, yeah, Santana out there last night, huh? <laughs> yeah, did, man. He came <laughs> brother lives just a ways down the road here, man. And he showed up and he's got this amplifier. I wish I could remember the name, but he told me it cost a dumble. It's yeah. a dumble. Yeah. I was gonna say John. Yeah. Yeah. Santana strikes me as one of these players that as great as he sounds on record, I bet when you're in front of him and that music is whooshing out of him, I bet yeah. there's another element to the force of what he's doing um, that you can't quite catch on a tape. Not quite. It's just true of all of us playing live and stuff, maybe sometimes. But yeah, he's like that, man. He sat up right next to me. Great. We roared for a few hours. I he hasn't lost anything. He's, he's a great teacher. You know, wherever he goes, he teaches. Mm -hmm. So during the breaks, I love this. During the breaks, you put on Pharaoh Saunders. So we'd yeah. listen to that stuff. And then we'd go back and play looser like. And that's who that cat is. <laughs> Also, I got to play with James Casey. You know him? Yeah. One player. Right. He's played in guy. my band at Lockin, him and Jen and Natalie from Trey's Horn Section. Right. He's right. bad, man. It's such well, a sweetheart. Yeah. He got stuck over here on the island, too, when COVID started. He's from New York, right? Him and his gal. And they couldn't go home. So, not a bad place to get stuck. Well, yeah. Definitely not. Being stuck anywhere, though, is a problem. I mean, that was a weird thing. You could... 
it just the act of being stuck somewhere with even if it's paradise you're still yeah 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 stuck yeah and sometimes it's just being stuck stuck right yeah that's, that's, what the, I, hardest that's the thing part. about music school not teaching how to get out of your own way you know of all the things they teach at berkeley and all that good stuff right they don't teach us how not to be critics sometimes to be too <laughs> judgmental you know yeah. about shit well, you need some of it, you know, you need to, so you know, am I doing it right or not? But then I remember when we first played together, Bill, yeah, and, man. Uh, you know, Bill was microdosing before I knew what microdosing was, but I just, he would do a look, just a, what did you call it? A social sliver? Yeah, that's you know? right. I forgot that term. That's what I'd say. And then I, I was like, <laughs> but really like every night, Bill, finally, I just had to ask him, I was like, why do you? How do you do? Why do you do it every night? And without like a millisecond passing, you go because it removes judgment. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant, actually. Yeah. You know, yeah. like because he didn't want to be stuck in that critic critical of any moment. It's just like a fish swimming forward, just right on, right on. It's true. It drops <laughs> all that stuff, and and uh, mushrooms do the same thing. Uh, the psychedelic aspect is definitely the best of, of all kinds of plain uh, substances that we can choose to to do positive or negative. Those are the most positive. Yeah. They always show possibility for me. Psychedelics never have a closed door. It's always like an open door. And it invites mm. you in. You know, say, hey, come on in here. Let's check this room out. Or let's, let's look at this story. Whatever it is. You know. Yeah. Happy to be back, you guys. I can't wait we play again. I know. That make I know, me very, man. very, very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's kept busy doing their, you know, their own things. John, you were pretty busy as well. I mean, you really made a lot of use of this year for sure. Um, you know, I I will say I think it's very interesting that everybody in a synchronous way had all this free time. And I'm not sure we know what everyone's done with it yet. And I think it's very <laughs> exciting. A year from now, you're going to see people do some stuff in a snap and you're going to go, where did you learn to do that? And they'll go, it was a long year. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so true. Um, Remember that year? <laughs> so I really like this idea that everybody, I mean, it's, it's, it's lemonade from lemons, but the idea that people sort of put themselves in this sort of university kind of mindset of like, well, what can I get accredited in? What can I get a, you know, what can I get, what, what can I have leaving this? There'll be more than just the things I saw or the extra weight. But I did make a record that I didn't see coming. When we first went into lockdown, I don't know if you guys had the same experience. There was no music inside of me. I was in a very kind of objective-based tactical mindset. And that, has, that plays no music in my head. I picked up a guitar for a second. I went, I don't know the world. For the first time in my life, my inner world does not match the world. I am out of date with exactly what's going on. And all of this musical sensibility that I've built is, cannot be useful right now. And I put the guitar down. And then when I picked it up again, like maybe two months into it, it felt so good that it became, and all the way through the, the end of, last year, maybe even into January of this year, just the elixir. It was the only thing to do that could give some peace. And I, it made my record really great. And I think it's probably made everyone's record really great. I think when people start putting records out in the next few months, they're all going to be bangers because yeah. what, what the pandemic did was force your focus, right? Like everything that was a distraction was gone. And the only thing you could do was music. And it really, for me, 
I don't know if you guys have had this experience. It reminded me of when I made my first record. It, it's the lean years. You can't fly anywhere. It used to be because you didn't have the money and now it's because yeah. you can't. So all of this stuff pushing against us, for me, the only other time I experienced that were the forces of not being successful, not having any money, not being able to do anything but make music to survive. And I think, again, that's the lemonade coming out of the lemons. I certainly don't wish for it, but that is the silver lining is that I think people's art is going to be more powerful than ever because they had nothing else to do but make it. I couldn't leave the studio to go to dinner, right, when I would have been able yeah. to write that lyric. There was no dinner. So you're forced to stay and focus on the music. And, and so to that end, it, it, it was really cool. And I think the record's great. And it's going to piss off some deadheads because it is not <laughs> inspired music through and through. It's incredibly pop, man. It's a very pop record. So we'll see. I, you know, by now, have it. I, enjoy, I enjoy the wavelengths beating up against each other. I think it's an art form unto itself. At this point. I do too. Contrasts. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love it because I always think it's of pop as your freak flag. Like, you know, <laughs> that's nice. great. What are you if you're okay? If you are not countercultural, you are countercultural to the countercultural. Yeah. <laughs> so you're always countercultural. <laughs> really pop music. In the world of the Grateful Dead extended universe is my freak flag. I will never forget you told me that. That went straight in. That went straight in. But you gave me that. You gave me that with the picnic table outfit. Remember your body is a tablecloth? And it was like, and remember, I I don't know if I called you or texted you. I was like, brilliant. Because what are they going to say to you about the way you're dressed? Right. You know know what I've learned? You know what I've learned is they want to have fun. And they want to have fun with you, not necessarily at your expense, but maybe in what feels like your expense. And once you catch on to it and you give them things they can have fun and make fun of and with, I think they won't tell you they appreciate it, but they appreciate you delivering them some matter to work with. You're giving them play, right? (laughs) Like they can't always talk about this was a great Stella Blue. They want to be able to dig in on some lighter (laughs) stuff. And O'Teal, you know this, you've come out in a full basketball garb before, right? <laughs> now, when O'Teal, and I get this, right? When O'Teal does it, it's the most heroic thing in the world. When Mayor does it, it's mayor. <laughs> no, no, no. no. no, no. I, I, I don't, I don't agree. I think it's yeah, kind of that, you know, you give them enough rope to hang us, hang yeah, us yeah, with, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. But, but, but they've all, you know, they're already doing this when I come out and do anything. <laughs> I got it from JMO really because JMO would, would come out in the most outrageous things and he's just like what you know since the beginning and um and I just love that fearlessness it's almost like he doesn't know but he knows I, you, know? you know there's rules of engagement <laughs> we know what we're doing you know, you might not at first, but every single artist in the world understands cause and effect. And if they understand that the effect was interesting, they just look back at the cause and they go, more of that. I do more of that. More. About it. More. About it. Very equation. Uh, Who are we talking it. to, Otil? Was it Victor Wooten about like the visual presentation of performing? 
like we were talking about like prints and how like some people just like you have a look and some people just don't. Yeah. Right. And just like the difference between the two. It's the very Colonel Bruce uh, anti look. Yeah. yeah. The anti look yeah. Jerry sweatpants and some Jerry. And Hanes beefy uh, tea. Yeah. The relaxed pants are over relaxed. <laughs> over. <laughs> I always love the Jerry Bob like right there next to each other. The dichotomy, you know, is like. I know. There's a contrast. Beautiful. Uh, you know what I've been mean, watching lately? I spotted a contrast. Like a, a, a great window to that contrast are the Letterman appearances with uh, Bobby and <laughs> oh. Jerry. Because they have such diverse <laughs> styles of expression. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And 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 Jerry is sort of like this beatnik minimalist in what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Bobby's a little more broad. He's not, you know, he's not a you know, he's not a cat skills comment, but he's just a little bit more broad and watching them have these different tempos. I'm fascinated by it. I mean, dude, wow. me too. I stay up all night watching old Tom Snyder's and like, you know, Keezy, one I was thinking Keezy of and Jerry and like, you know, the whole thing. And it's just, there was a great one the other day I saw where someone asks like, did fame ruin the dead? And uh, yeah, dude. And Jerry's like, yeah, absolutely. Bobby had Bobby's the answer was the best. Dude. Bobby had the win. So yeah. Jerry, for the, and they don't normally see this, Jerry pippened Bobby. Yes. Joke, which doesn't always happen. And I wasn't expecting Bobby to smash it. Oh. It was like great ball play. It dude, was the timing, fun. the comedic timing Bobby of that. Killed it. Bobby goes, O'Teal, Bobby goes, you know, like, you know, it's changed for, for sure. You know, like now when I'm eating pistachios, I don't even bother with the closed ones. And if there's one that's hard, <laughs> to throw it out. Move on to the next one. And you hear that guttural, that honest Jerry laugh, like that kid giggle. And that's when you know it's just, it crushes. Yeah. And then the whole room is just, man, it's just that, that frequency you guys were on from the start, Billy. Yeah. I mean, it's just so fun to be <clears throat> in on the goof. I think mm-hmm. that's what's so fun about being such a like a, a disciple and student of the music is that like you feel like you're being let in on the joke, just like we were talking about sitting at the table, John, you know, like yeah. when you're in on the hang and you're in on the like, it's just it's razzing, it's fun, it's fast paced, right. but you're yeah. you're, in, you're included yeah. and you guys always yeah. welcomed us. you know. And, and with me, the, I think the inference is mayor's got enough. He can spare some. You know, <laughs> that's the inference, and I'm with it. I get it, right? Like, and, and and you know this, like Mike, in terms of being at the cellar, you know, the comedy cellar. For those who don't know, is this great right. seminal yeah, yeah. comedy club in New York. You know, you walk in six three, looking like I do, having around me ROIs or been making heads turn in the you know on uh, at the olive tree, like like you have you better have some despair, like you better have some. <laughs> fat to hand people they can slice and dice you with yeah i mean imagine a headline that says uh john mayor regarding dead i wish they would stop making fun of like that would be no fun at all yeah the fun is that i don't take the fun away please no the fun is that i can handle it because i've got a surplus sometimes i don't but that's my problem with my therapy (laughs) that's right (laughs) i never see it uh, that's the therapist is good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wrote I wrote a friend the other day who was having who was having trouble. I uh, wrote a story of my life, which is like, um, get get smart, get hurt, get creative, get rich, get therapy. 
<laughs> yeah, <that's> nice. <laughs> I think therapy comes a little earlier in that list. Right Hopefully. before you get rich. Well, you can't afford yeah. the <laughs> therapy. Yeah, I think it comes a little bit. Soon, <laughs> you, gotta, you, you can't afford the therapy. We don't listen to that. <laughs> until you make the money. <laughs> to pay for it. Monster inside you made. <laughs> yeah, try telling your therapist you owe them money. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a they'll therapy. They'll take back their therapy. Billy, I had to do that. Billy, they just go, by the way, it's all your back. fault. Okay, <laughs> return your therapy back. Billy, I got to tell you the story. I had, I had a, a therapy session one time with a guy one-on-one, and his yeah. credit card reader was sticking out from under the couch. And the whole time <laughs> I was talking to him, I could see the credit card reader. And I said, could you do me a favor? Could you just scoot the credit card reader under the couch for me? It would make me feel yeah. better when I tell you. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I left, right? I left. You know, I'm wiping tears away. I get back into my car. My iPhone has an alert, and it's my American Express. He had charged me my iPhone. Like, as soon as I left, my eyes weren't dry yet. It was like, boom. Sorry, boom. boom. <laughs> Life, uh, life, the personal life, touch. angles. Card <laughs> <laughs> oh, reader, thank you. You know that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, by yeah. the time you get rich too, that's when you really you got enough demons to where you, for sure you need therapy. I mean, you might have need needed some before, but yeah, they've accrued over that's that time. Man, you can go back. Mm-hmm. You can go back in the circuit and take things out <laughs> and repair it, and then live a la- lavish, wonderful, peaceful life. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't make it, it work. But I the music that. does that for us anyway. That's yeah, right. I think I believe it. I mean, ninety percent of it, it's all the music, and we feel good about our playing. That's our therapy. We feel good about our interaction. Our the musician bros, and that's what we get. We get our happiness and joy there. That's you know, right. I always hope that I always hope the music would help uh, musicians be able to let go more because I know you know we all know, especially playing improvisational music. Right. The better you are at letting go, and like you were saying, Bill, letting go of the judgment, just being in the moment, yeah. the more yeah. you hit those bullseyes. Mm-hmm. And then when we get off stage, we can't do it. It's like, what is, you know, you have this perfect model for doing it on stage. Right. And then it took me like, you know, till 40 and really till 50 uh-huh. when I finally, you know, I started to wrestle it at 40 or start to let go at 40, whatever, however you want to look at it. But then it took me another 10 years to like, really, it's like, man, why can't I do this on stage? I've heard guys say it. Why can't I be, feel like that off stage? And I was like, man, I know we can. I just have not figured it out yet. You know? mm-hmm. Well, what's really no. interesting is we, we thought that being a musician was ultimate job security because we could just go play. And I think it's a rickety structure, the idea of getting your self-worth out of playing music. But what we always thought was, well, we're always going to be able to go on stage. So even if it isn't the world's most healthy thing in terms of being able to handle stuff ourselves, the stage is always going to be there. We'll just go work it out on stage. And for the first time in a hundred years, the stage wasn't there. And for the first time we were like, oh, I can't go work out my self-worth on stage. So where does my self-worth lie now that like, it really was like Superman two or something. Every Superman, every comic book movie series has the one movie where you lose your powers and you're Clark Kent the whole time. And I had, mm-hmm. I didn't have a cape anywhere to be found for a year. No capes, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I saw yeah. people struggle with that too, with their identity, like where they place their identity. And because that started to shift for me at 40 and definitely by 50, like when I met Jess and then had Nigel, now my identity is as her husband and his dad. Mm-hmm. And that literally is like first, like as soon as his head popped out, 
it went flop, you know? <laughs> and it's like, Here you're not O'Teal the whatever, like you're this human's dad. And so when the pandemic came, I didn't have that crushing. I was like, man, I get to hang out with Nigel. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm kind of ready for a break. This is, I was worried a little, but you know, I embraced the break more so and didn't play like you, John, like I didn't even touch my base, but I didn't have that hardcore. Me too. I had a different thing to struggle with, but not my identity. Mm-hmm. And some people I saw them like lose their lives over it. It was, it's, yeah. it's it was a hard test, man. <clears throat> I just got to dig into the farm life. We have 20 acres here and it just, that's, I just did it better and better every day. I learned how to feed a little better. And it was really a nice thing to do the same thing for over a year and not get tired of it. Be able to find just the new, the littlest nuance that would get you through to the next idea, right? Because yeah. I mean, when you're working with sheep, they're basically pet dogs. So I have 15 yeah. pet dogs, and I have names for them and all this kind of stuff. And they're hair sheep, and this will blow your mind. I'm making wool. I have nice. a carding machine, and and the vet comes over and helps me shear them. We nice. take the the fluff off them. Put it in the carding machine and wool comes out. We make wool. Carding machine is like a comb. It comes and puts all the hairs in there straight. So you can use it for something. You can mm. use it for yarn. I can make all you guys hats, you know. Oh, I'll take nice. <laughs> yeah, it's like learning curve. So, we just but, I mean, there was no music to be played on this island. So I just had to say, okay, you're on hold that way, and that's fine. And just yeah. do everything else as best you possibly can. Have fun with it. Nature, man. Nature. Yeah. That's if you're gonna if you're gonna get back to something, you know, during a time like that. That's a safe funny. bet. That's a safe yeah. harbor, is yeah. what that really is. You know, too, a rolling thunder always believed that nature was the one. You know, and I, I still follow a lot of his beliefs. I believe that the uh, the, the four directions, you know, are as important as anything. It doesn't have to be inside of a mm-hmm. church or anything like that. So I believe nature yeah. is the way. You know, we had a Stanley Krippner on yeah, we had Stanley Krippner on, and we were talking about Rolling Thunder uh-huh. with him. It was really cool, man. Really deep. Yeah, he was stuff. funny. He did, he worked with Mickey and I, Stanley Krippner. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day he's talking to me, and he's we were doing all these. Um, we were he was hypnotizing Mickey and I to do stuff together, to play drums together, right? <laughs> in, in the middle of this whole session, we're being hypnotized, and I look at his his shirt pocket, shirt pocket. Got ants crawling out of it. This is stream of ants. I'm going. Now wait a minute. Is this part of it? Is this part of the therapy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's just, but he, he was trying to get us to communicate without words or anything. You know, just kind of like musicians. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a far out dude, all right. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. You know, I found him because of Billy Strings. Oh, really? Out with you guys, right? Well, we just did these few shows. We did these, we did these four, um, actually, we did three birthday kinds of shows. And Billy Strings performed with us. He's a, he's a nice young talent. He's, a, he's really awesome. a bluegrass player and yeah. does that good piece. But the fun for me is he's picking up electric guitar for the first time. Yeah. And he's got himself a strap. And, you know, and he's just loving it. And there, there he was. There he was across the lawn at 10 feet. From Carlos Santana, yeah. and they play with they play like that. We play like that all afternoon. That's great. I'm still very high from it. I'm glad we did the show today because yesterday I was kind of like, hey, 
Today I'm back. <laughs> I could see it. It's all over your face. Uh, yeah, nah, Billy nah. Strings did like Billy did what five nights at the Cap Theater, and he uh, and he recreated yeah. that ESP experiment that Stanley mm-hmm. Krippner did with the Grateful Dead in the seventies. Right. And I had run across Stanley Krippner, I think, on like a UFO podcast, but. I didn't think he was still alive. You know, I didn't he's know like, I hadn't heard he's like 90 either. or something. And then he was mm-hmm. on the night after me on Billy Strings ESP experiment. And I was like, oh, my God, he's alive and like super lucid and like on the ball. Nice. And so we had That's him on. And yeah, he's, he's telling us a lot of stuff, <clears throat> especially that first time he met Rolling Thunder was pretty uh-huh. it's such yeah. a trip. Rolling Thunder had a too. lot of um, bigness around him, a lot of strength. Um yeah. I just, I, I was always honored. If I was in his presence, it was, I was honored to be around him. The things that we did together were pretty amazing. Uh, we once, this one story that he was taking me and another couple, me and my wife at the time and, and another couple out to a prayer ceremony. And I never prayed before. So I was scared to death. We got us way out in the windy road and we go down this little creek bed in the middle of the desert. And it's like an oasis, green trees are growing here and there and the rest is all desert a hot desert and he gets to this place and has these giant beautiful trees and he says okay i'm gonna teach you how to pray now i'm really nervous i'm sitting down and he said say these words and we said the words and they said you guys stay here i'm gonna go see how the baby eagle and he comes back longer than you know maybe an hour later which we're all now at least four white kids are like going what's going on and i've never seen a human being so mad I've never seen a person so angry. To me, it, it looked like a, a, the bull at a bullfight that wasn't having a good time, didn't get the matador. You know, he was so mad. And he told me that the, the local cowboys there had shot up into the trees and killed all the baby eagles. Oh, man. And man, it was just like, that's, you know, the eagles and the Native Americans, and it's all of us too, I'm sure. Um, and so we had to we sit with that one for a little while. And then he went around and he picked up every feather from every tree. Because baby eagles can't fly until they're a year old. Yeah. So he goes because he wants to do it on her. He picks up every feather. And he comes back and says, okay, we can go now. I've prayed and I've done what we had to do on this horrible atrocity. And he made me a little, like a hand away, a wand would be the way to say it. He made me a wand and he gave me a bunch of the eagle feathers. And so, you know, a week or so later, I'm driving back to, I was staying at Mickey's Ranch at the time. And we're driving back there. And we're just a few miles out of Carlin. And it's just a hot blasting day, no air conditioning. So all the windows are down. And I had the feathers wrapped up really tightly in paper. And they're underneath mm-hmm. the front seat, right? The passenger seat. All of a sudden, I'm driving along and these feathers just start flying in the car. I can't reach them. I'm trying to grab them. Feel the life of me. I can't re- get those. And I feel down on the seat and there's still half of them there. I told Rolling Thunder about this. And he just said, well, some of them didn't want to leave. <laughs> and the rest of them wanted to go with you. you know, just That's how he was. He was that plain and that straight oh, ahead. So I could really understand little stuff like that, you know. Yeah. They didn't want to leave. <laughs> well, that anyway, was like. He's, Rolling Thunder is just like this wealth for me. You know, it gave me a lot of strength. The, the one that really got me, you guys, and this has to do with working man's dead. 
uh, I was about to go on a, um, a self journey. You, know, you lay seven days all by yourself with just water. Uh, you have to call that an opening experience. And we're just about ready, but he's got a place for me. That he's going to, he'll watch over me, but it's out in the side and you're going to really learn about yourself. And it sounded like it'd be an extreme acid trip without acid. And then the, the, the doorbell rings and it's Western Union. And here, here's the guy with a, a letter for me. And it's from the, the rest of the band. And they say, hey, Billy, come on back. Let's do a record. You want to do Working Man's Dead? So here I have in my hand, I have uh, go on the vision quest or, or do Working Man's Dead. I have these two there. <laughs> music. <laughs> music first. And, that, and it came out to be a wonderful record. You know, all that energy. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely so. did. I got the chance to spend some time with Keezy before he died. I met him at a fish concert in '97, and we stayed in touch throughout undergrad. And then I he invited me out to his farm to do a senior project, essentially to interview mm-hmm. him. And I feel like he knew he wasn't going to be around much longer. Like he was really sick, and uh, he just talked so much about how much he loved you guys because you guys gave him a space to play. You know, he, he, he was such a big fan of music, but he said he likes a scene where he can find his place and play and not be, you know, withholden to kind of, you know, standing there with your hands in your pockets and like he wants to get dirty and dig in. And, and right, right. it was so cool to see, you know, him talk about all the amazing memories with you guys and obviously mm-hmm. how important he was to you. No, for sure. One of my LSD partners. <laughs> we had Babs on as well too, and we talked all about the old days, the pranks. How's Babs doing? Is Fantastic, he's doing good man. Communicating and stuff across. He's yeah. doing really good, man. We had a really fun talk with him. He was, he had us rolling. Yeah, exactly. He used to be a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. Did you yeah. know that about him? A lot of people <laughs> didn't know that about him. I know. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't exactly brag about it. Once in a while, I get storytelling and he'll talk about shit like that. Well, Not it's, heavy uh, stuff, but. it's funny too when you talk to people about that East Coast versus West Coast old time LSD thing, there was almost like a turf war in a way with psychedelics where, like, the East Coast was incredibly, like, educated and like you know clinical clinical and button up. Where on you know, the pranksters got you know, they were out in the farms and working hard and sweating their ass off in the sun. Well, that's exactly right. And we, we'd, we'd get high in, in one of these acid tests, and I'd, I'd be coming on, and I'd go around looking at everybody's eye. Well, you're high, too. Well, you're high. Then when I checked them, <laughs> everybody was high. Then we were doing, more. <laughs> it was fun. We just, and they would play, set this thing up. It used to drive weird crazy. They set this thing up called the Thunder Machine at the opposite end of the room, right? So we'd have a little teeny band here. And then this, over here. And we'd be doing that while you're high on acid. <laughs> anyway, it's so it's, pretty, it was unusual. Is it like a, a John Cage record where there's just like multiple things going yeah. on at the same time? Right. You know, I'm going on Reaper.com <laughs> after this looking for a thunder machine. <laughs> What's it called? Letgo.com. <laughs> so little stuff. Or is it called Give It Away? Give It Away. <laughs> John, you know what I love about you, and I, I, I always like. I'm so psyched to learn this that you're such a like a student and nerd about music. Like I, like you find something and you dive a million feet deep. Like you tie oh, weights okay. to yourself and just sink Whatever. to the bottom. Dur- during the pandemic, did you like I 
it saved music absolutely saved my life during this thing did you like take this year and just and i know you couldn't play but did you listen a ton um i i it's weird it's i did the opposite i escaped into my own record hmm. uh, yeah so there was nothing else right so i was in the studio i mean skeleton crew i mean it was six people yeah. it you know i was really sort of like i think a lot of people became their own little COVID czars of their circle. Mm. So I was in charge of like making sure people got tested and I was the guy making sure everyone had masks on, which they did. And I'm like under my watch, like nobody got COVID, which I, I feel really good about. We were able to Yay. really, nice. you know, in a very controlled environment, make this record. And because once you left the studio, there was nothing and you get home and it's fun to do home stuff, but there's nothing really there. Getting back into the room, my whole life was in those two big overhead speakers. Everything that I did, the freedom, the fun, the joy, the soothing, the colorful, fun, happy stuff was up there. So I would just come home and dream about what else to put up there. So for the first time, like music was a place to go mm. as a safe haven because it really, there was nothing else to do. And so I just kept adding bricks to this kind of really cool little fun, happy place kingdom and every time I came back to it and, and listened back to it, I went, oh, there's my friend. And so the record is like hyper friendly because it's the record I made to stay happy. It was like, by the way, it's like delusionally happy. Like not like <laughs> so guilty pleasure. I can't tell you. It's like, you're going to awesome, sing it. Is it true it, happiness? It, it's it's um, guilty pleasure music. Like, like people Ooh. are going to go, what song am I singing? It's a mirror song. Damn it. That new one. Ah, I said it. Now I'm singing it. Again, oh, it's in my head. Make it stop. And I go, that's success. That to me is a songwriter. You can be a little bit ashamed of yourself. For, for, no, if I can get it in, I'm happy. Don't do that. You know. I'm so psyched to see like what it, it really, you know, it's going to be cool to see what it's like when we get back together. Because no. everybody has to have evolved in some kind that's of way. correct. For the positive, yep, yeah, I believe. Great. I mean, I'm being optimistic, but also there's going to be, you know, like uh, for me personally, it's just like I'm not taking anything in life for granted. So I'm not going to take risks that I feel like are going to mess up you guys' thing. You know, I'm always want to be supportive, but I also feel like, hey, you know, we never know when our last day is. We might want to just. Wow, you know, I have that feeling about the show. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. So yeah. I want to like, like, I was talking to a friend about this. I was like, I might, I might do some like outrageous <laughs> stuff on this next tour in terms of what to bring, what to have backstage. You know, like you can't just spend your life taking it and stacking it and taking it and stacking it. Like, what if on this tour it's like mini golf, everyone? Yeah. <laughs> like, do the club that guy? Sure. Oh, he's the truck driver with the mini. <laughs> Right, right. He sets exactly. a mini golf every day. Mini golf, courtesy of me, guys. Welcome, you know. Like, what are ways you? Because I'm going to say, like, I'm going to defend this band through and through. Like, we've always dug in, like it was our last show. I don't think we've ever yeah. phoned a show, but I do think the transactional nature of touring to us is sort of like we all kind of do this, you know. And I, yeah. I think that that you know, the next time we go out, I'm really going to explore the venue space in terms of ways that I can make a tour manager upset. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds fun. Brilliant. Brilliant. You, know, you know what I'm saying, Billy? Yeah, I do. What, what, I've been there myself. What, what's the most? What's the most outrageous expenditure 
or apparatus that was brought on a Grateful Dead tour that you can remember? Oh, okay. I can remember the wall something. of sound. Well, yeah, right. That that kind of the wall. Shows. That. <laughs> wow, you opened up a beautiful can there. Um, the wall of sound was one thing, and there were 40 shows of that. And when they first hung it, we were playing in Reno, Nevada. And from it was a sound check, and I walk across the field, and I'm looking up at this thing. And it's blowing in the wind. The center speaker oh. that were the, the vocal array, these little uh, eight-inch or four-inch speakers, thousands of them, and it probably weighed thousands of pounds. I looked up there, and there was one winch holding it. And I said, I'm not going to be on that. <laughs> but you're going to put three winches on that mother, or I'm not getting under it. I see, you know, that would uh, be gone. <laughs> what about backstage, though, Billy? What about recreational? Recreational. Anywhere I could find it. <laughs> yeah. any, any place i could get out of having to wait scooters mind, could, did you ever have motorized scooters uh yeah we used to race cars a little bit and stuff and i used to be the driver for the band and, uh billy, <laughs> really billy there's a story i absolutely love that you told about being in europe and yeah. you end up at this like speakeasy that like you weren't supposed to be at kind of and there yeah. you ended up having to like rip an antenna off of a car oh. and kind of swing it around oh, like a yeah. sword. That and was a true, every word of that was true. And I would just go and I was trying to remember stuff I'd read from gangs in New York and what they would do, you know, cause I'm not a fighter, a tough guy at all. And, uh, I, had, I couldn't get any cars to stop for me. I, you know, I couldn't, I didn't speak French. Uh, all I had was my hotel key, thank God. And, um, so I, this car, this big Mercedes comes by and I just want some attention. I just slap my hand down on the car. Error, error, <laughs> bad idea. And I'm totally loaded on ass. And the speakeasy I was in was really glad to see me leave. They were happy. Thanks <laughs> trying to do my one-legged dances and not very good. And I plump hitting the, hitting the ground and shit. And so they kind of let me go out. And now I'm on the street. I was telling you, and it's dead quiet. Once in a while, a car will go by, and so I slap this one. The guy hammers the brakes, puts on the brakes, and this big monster gets out of the car, and he starts coming toward me. I'm about 100 feet down there. I go, what the fuck am I going to do now? And I don't, I don't know if I could outrun him or anything. So I just take this antenna off, and I just call, oh, you motherfucker. And he turned around, and I car and Thanks, antenna. Like crazy American. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, but I'm also saying I'm so happy those days are behind us and we can talk about it now, you know, because I wouldn't be, if we still did, if I still did that, I wouldn't be getting to talk to you guys. So that's how that's I know. It's funny. I can't picture that, Bill. You know, like since I've met you, you've always been the most easygoing. Like, I just think of you as like a super grateful person. Well, you put you the know? right chemicals in, you put the right stuff in a person and they can be different people, especially yes. eyeballing. That's, that's a lot. Absolutely. Now you can't Hello, Dad. Anywhere. It's all, you know, what are you going to grab off of the nearest car? To fight? Right. Totally. Yeah. A hubcap? <laughs> you going to fight somebody with a hubcap? Yeah. Nah. Go Captain America with a hubcap? <laughs> when, yeah. when you guys were, um, like, in the days before, like, when you could sneak around town unknown, kind of, like, the heads knew you, but you were able to sort of dip into bars or have a good time. Like, the minute you guys got off stage, were you, like, out and about ready to have a good time or did it always kind of you know i was always out and about because it, the energy doesn't end at the end of the shows if everybody knows i mean we you start right, going right. for a good hour and yeah and yeah. i just use that as my second half <laughs> first half was the music and the second half was going out and having fun 
the music yeah, was that's... fun too, but I'm just saying it's just like the contrast. I, and I always liked hanging out, believe it or not, with a crew because they would take risks. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back after this. Hey there, Osiris listeners. I wanted to tell you about our friends over at Smart Wool. For more than 25 years, Smart Wool has been making merino wool socks and apparel designed to keep you comfortable. Because they want to help you play, laugh, and explore in the outdoors with every thread they knit and every step you take. Because they believe that comfort sharpens focus and lets you perform beyond your limits. They are here to help you feel good. Now, it's up to you how far you will go. Take 15% off of your first order at smartwool.com. Smartwool. Go far, feel good. John, when you started to, uh, you know, dive as deep as you did into the dead, did you get into like watching Jerry interviews and listening to him like kind of as, as a fan or as a, like, just wanting to learn more about Garcia? Like, did you? Um, a little bit. I, I knew though that I was coming from a, a different world. Like I was already coming from a different universe. So to me, everything you think I would have gotten from an interview, I got from every single note that he was playing. And I can tell you why. So once you understand the arrangements, so I was hot to learn the arrangements so that I could understand the relativity of what made his playing different on any given night. Mm -hmm. Once I can do that and I can lock into this like this control group, okay, here's how China Cat Sunflower goes, right? Here's how it goes. Hearing all of the different permutations of his playing on top of it. I mean, down to the note for me was like hearing his theory about the world or his philosophy on life through playing. And I still get that. And I've always felt like I could hear the records Jerry was listening to either in between tours or backstage on a record player. Wow. Make its way in. So you Mm -hmm. can pick up little Mm -hmm. things and go, Oh, he look what he was listening to. Like, and I can feel it sometimes. Like, I can sometimes, like, Billy, you guys used to do a song called Next Time You See Me. Yeah, I love that tune. It's fun and, tune. And, and, and I could tell, like, oh, he's having a Freddie King moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, Jerry's having a Freddie King, like, blues moment. And then you could hear these other things and go, oh, okay. So, so once you understand how the arrangement goes, and once you understand the baseline of, not only in the bass line of the music, but B-A-S-E line as yep. to what the song is, you can understand that people's souls live in the variances between their performances. So what made it different that night? What made it? And that to me is how I really picked up the personality of this person just through playing, right? Like that's my only in. Right. Um, is through the music. And it's I, it still happens. I can still hear him this person i don't know who's left this archaeological artifact through their choices mm. right billy like yeah i'm i'm listening man you're right so a man leaves his fingerprint via his choices and if uh-huh. you already know how china cat sunflower goes then you can gauge the the soul of a person in these spaces between what they normally do and what they did that time Mm. Right, right. There right, between true. those two little capacitors mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. someone's little soul fingerprint. And that yeah, to me, yeah. I'm obsessed with hearing. And I go, oh, hello, sir. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can sort of do that because I understand the guitar really well. I'm not a full, fully round 
rounded musicologist. I'm really not. But I will say that I, I do understand the guitar from any direction, up, down, left, right, 360. Like I could play the guitar with my wrong hand upside down. So that I understand. Right. So therefore, someone else has the same instrument from long ago. And unfortunately, they can't be with us to instruct me. Oh, right. These two guitars are the same, mm-hmm. right? Like his guitar, my guitar, same design, same number of frets, same string tension. There is where you can meet someone in the, mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. distance mm-hmm. between those two things. Mm-hmm. That's the shape of someone's, not their face, but it's the shape of the whole thing. Behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I get that. That's true. His personality was so different from show to show in that, wasn't so different, but the song that, that he would choose would be a lot of it. The set choices were really important. Which songs he felt like playing that night. Some nights he wouldn't wouldn't do a certain song for whatever reason. One of his favorite things I like the most is if the crowd was really rowdy, which was pretty often. Uh, he'd end with a broke down palace as the, as the uh, and I just I mean he said why why send people out there all exciting crazy to man that way all night why not have them a nice little slide in there. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not like that nice, on, isn't that nice on two night stands that you can do it one way and then do it the other so yeah. night one you send them home on you know play in the bo diddley beat and then right. night right. two you send them off with right bird song or and it yeah. just comes in like that and you go yeah. we'll see you next time you know yeah i love that it really well, is I'm so the same thing on drums too like like this, I'm sorry to cut you off. The same thing that I could no. hear Jerry doing on the guitar, Billy. I could hear you doing the drums. You would take it and do the do Thank a different you. thing. I'd be like, "Oh, this guy's listening to James Brown right now, right?" Like you yeah. would <laughs> funk excursions, you know, like early '70s when it was. I think it was down to just you playing the drums. Well, James Brown. I'll tell you what. Not he blew my mind like everybody else's, and I used to listen to his stuff and try to learn the drum parts. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know he was using two and three drummers. I'm going, how's that one guy, that one guy doing all that? And I sit there and trying to figure it out. Great way to learn. It's like you, you, you go down, you go as deep as you can trying to learn this stuff. It's wonderful. And you do. You get you get another thing for your own self. You don't yeah. necessarily learn those riffs. And you know what's you funny? Your own even, music comes out. Even if you can learn what someone was doing off of a tape, and even if you can play just like that off of a tape, when the moment arrives, fresh and new and real, you are mm-hmm. on your own. That's <laughs> it. It's not me. And you're happy to be on your own. That's a wonderful place to be. It's, it's like you just climbed Mount Everest or some such a analogy. Yeah. You, just, you made it to a place that you're more than safe. But I'll, also, safe. I'll present you a different analogy on the other side of the coin. It's like watching old <laughs> boxing tapes, right? Uh-huh. And if, if uh-huh. you watch old Tyson boxing tapes, you could theoretically block Tyson based on watching these old tapes. So you go, okay, I know how to fight. You get up on stage in front of 20,000, 30,000 people and you set down, they're brand new punches and you start getting bopped in the head on the first, second song. And you're going, this shouldn't happen. I studied these tapes. And it's like, no, you studied those tapes. Those <laughs> tapes today, whole different moment. Everyone's from a different yes. morning. Everyone had a different morning. Yeah. moment. So you might have known how 1973 Salt Palace went or whatever, you know, yeah. Cal Palace, I should say. Like, right. you know, you might know that, but you don't know whatever moment you're in and you lose 50% immediately. 50% acuity immediately because it's not the same moment. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You know what I think about that too, about, you know, this thing, our skin, right? It, it gets tired. Our, our eardrums are skin. 
And so if we play the same thing over and over again, be it a groove, be it the same, we're honest, right? And over and over, pretty soon we're not listening at all because our ears are fatigued, okay? So I remember the Grateful Dead used to make a mistake, would do like 20-some basics, and then sit there and try to pick which is the best. Hmm. It's impossible. Oh, you mean in a studio, you do 20-some yeah. tracks? Wow. Yeah. 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 And that, that's crazy because you're so, you're, you're hearing yeah. us fatigued, you know, but that's why we're improv. That's why we like to improvise. I have a new we saying. Want, we want to have contrast right away. Yeah. Right. That's right. Instead of A being just A. Nah. Is that yeah. good? Yeah. yeah. Stay in the first change. Right. Stay Is A one. good? Yeah. But let's A, B, C, D, E, F, G. I go, do you like A? Well, A is great. Do you need a B then? I don't think so. Yeah. Remember Monk and all the jazz guys would just want that first take? And they were yeah. doing that stuff on live performances. I saw Monk's band. They're on the plane on the way to the gig in Europe. And they're like, dude, can we at least see the charts? Like, you know? <laughs> and so he gives them the charts. And then they're like, is it E flat or E here? And he's like, yeah. You're right. You could well, do either one. You know? yeah. It's just like, wow. <laughs> but yeah. he wanted that first A. He wanted A and that's it. Because he's like, that's the real sound, the freshest sound. They cut whole records like that. It's like, wow. Right. That's right. Hey, does this guitar sound good? Yes. Let's go. Done. On to but the next. Another one might sound good. We have to A, B, C. No, this one feels good. Let's go. No, yeah. stick with getting it. Right. I'm getting better at that. There are some tours, Billy, and some shows yeah. and where, I mean, you can literally just like get lost in how unbelievably patient you guys were at the moment. And it's the notes mm -hmm. you weren't playing. And it's the... Mm -hmm. It, where a dark star could literally go right into like a Miles Davis, like sounding like in that stratosphere. These and those two guys the, right here bring out stuff all the time. Hell and, yeah. And, and man, that's one of my most fun things is hearing these guys bring up themes uh, and jazz it, stuff. It's wonderful. It's just anyway, so some of the, some of the tours and some stuff. of the, yeah. I mean like this Pacific Northwest 73, 74 mm -hmm. box that came out. I, I mean, there's it. a bird song on there that is literally just the most transcendent wow. thing I've ever heard in my life. I and that whole collection that. is just, yeah, I think it's yeah. from Vancouver, I believe. Yeah. It's got the totem pole stuff on the cover. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just so beautiful. And there's, that was the thing. <laughs> That's some of the stuff I think that like, just even as a life lesson I took from listening to so much Grateful Dead was that like, and then learning how Jerry was just like, we don't need it. This is when we're done with it, we're done with it and we don't need it anymore. So let it, let it just be what it is. And that's it. And it was kind of like this patience with life where it can be like perfectly imperfect and it's okay at the moment. Cause everyone was there and those people may never be in a room together like that ever again. And it's just that one moment exists and it's such That's a nice, exactly right. it's a nice tapestry to kind of be able to hearken back to and look at. It was a, it was one of the craziest things I ever experienced, like playing a bird song or a dark star that for that long, uh, with such a huge crowd, like a stadium. And I was like, wow, this is like a miles ballad for like 20 minutes. And people are zeroed in on every, I was just like, where does that happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Not having played in over a year, you know, they, they say that playing music is like riding a bike because that's, we're good at it and we can make it look easy, but it's not like riding a bike. If you don't keep doing it, you lose it, you know? And so yeah. the very first day this, this week, I was like so nervous. I just finally said, oh, when are you being nervous for? You haven't played in a year. Go ahead and be rough. Go ahead and drop your drum six a couple of times. Get over the shit, man. You know, <laughs> talking to myself. Yeah. And it turned out every day 
Uh, the second day, I was twice as comfortable. By the, by the third, when we're doing the real shows, just take it. I, I, come back, you know, I was smoothness and stuff. As smooth as I can be. <laughs> I, I love well, happy, you, happy birthday, man. Yes. Thank you, man. Thank you. I remember a video. You, you see this back here? Birthday. Your flowers? Oh, sent that over to me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> one red one. One red What a neighbor, man. I'm sure glad he picked Kwai <laughs> over Maui or <laughs> I spent some time on the Big Island, Billy. Have you ever, do you ever hop over there? Do you ever go over to the Big Island ever? I do. I used to go diving there a lot. That's a beautiful place. It's just, it it's is. like you can, it, it's one of, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it has all four seasons at once, right? Doesn't it like, yeah, because if you go up to the mountain, you get wintertime. Yeah. You go high, you know, it freezes up there and stuff. It's so yeah, beautiful. Yeah, here we don't, we get really subtle changes. They're not, they're not monstrous, you know. We haven't had much rain this year. Only about 30 inches, something like that. So. That's incredible. Anyway, it's all great. It's all green. <laughs> Whose birds am I hearing? Is that you, Bill? Is that the birds? No, I have, I have a parrot over here. Ah. <laughs> not bad. It's singing away. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> John, are oh, you man. gonna are you gonna come back and visit us in New York soon at the comedy club? Um, I'd love to. I know is, is it open now? Yeah, we've been performing now there for about a month or so, and uh, four different rooms. So the Olive Tree is a club. Mm-hmm. Downstairs at McDougal's, oh, uh, Fat Black Pussycat, Fat Black, and Village Underground. And so Village there's Underground. four rooms there, and uh, it's great. It's you know it's great to kind of see everybody back and comedy right now is interesting because you know it's <laughs> yeah I don't know it's, yeah yeah cover ground the person before you or after you didn't cover right like <laughs> exactly or, I mean or is that actually really advantageous because everyone's had what you are sure are the same experiences that they're going to relate well right and it's and and that's one of the things too it's like you know you're going to have your like they're going to be asked a few times during the show who's vaccinated and there's going to be a Johnson and Johnson bit, but also there's going to be the, you know, like, and I've tried to, you know, I've talked to Atiel daily and I just keep talking about how, like, I need to bring those weird, scariest moments of the pandemic on stage and just lay it out there and find the punchline with a gun to my head and just like real, like that's where it has to go. There is, um, there is a trove. I don't know if it's a treasure trove. Maybe it's actually (laughs) a graveyard of, of 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 real estate inside of us that this pandemic has created that I don't even think we yet have sort of mapped out. Yeah, you know I think I think there's a lot of grief that people haven't. You know, mm-hmm. um, I did much better when I had a real objective crisis. Don't catch it. Don't get it. Here's your Pac Man. Here's the ghost. Right. Yeah. And 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 when that was happening for a lot of people who have a sort of generalized anxiety. It was actually very Zen because you now your anxiety was very, very objective based, which if you've had generalized anxiety, that's actually a gift because now you've only got one enemy for the first time in your life. It's not in your head. Yeah, man. You can open with this. So, (laughs) um, so for me, I really found something there. Okay. We have a real crisis, not an invented one. If you're inside your house and you're clean, you're going to stay clean, right? If you wear a mask and you go out, you're going to stay clean. So you could be home for two weeks and be sure you don't have COVID, which meant you were 100% anxiety free because the rules had changed. Now you get vaccinated, things start opening up. You haven't checked in with yourself in terms of what sympathetically has had to change to be able to do this. And now your enemy 
isn't there anymore. Right. But your fight or flight is still there for it. Your objective based, what do we have to do now? Now you go to dinner. I don't want to. So you're still stuck in this place that I don't think anyone's really successfully identified or mapped out or offered an exit strategy for. And then you have on top of that, this sort of larger struggle, which is we were all hypnotized in March of 2020. We were all put into and sleep. And now we're still in it and no one wants the hip, the hypnotist isn't there to snap us out. So we're all still in the trance, but yep. nobody can go and awake. And that's a very, <laughs> you can't do it from inside. I think there's going to have to be a public psychological strategy, not just a public health strategy, but a a public psychology strategy with how do you give people the snap out? Uh, We we all did this and we went in and we're all sort of like, all right, thanks everybody. Good night. And everyone's leaving the magic show still hypnotized. And we all need closure. We need a moment of fiend, even if it's ceremonial. And so for me, it's very difficult to find out well, where are we in all this? Where am I in all this? Did I succeed? Am I failing? Now, if you don't go outside because you could, you might be a loser. Well, but I still can't go places. Yeah, but they changed it. They changed the tier. They're opening this place up and that. Yeah. Place. Now, am I wrong for staying in? I was right. right for staying in for a long time. Where are we in that crossover? Loner for staying in now? And who's going to tell me I'm suddenly going to be a loner if I don't leave? Like, it's very, very particleized and tricky for those who want marching orders. Yeah, totally. You know, I think the shows are going to do that for us. I mean, like our scene will get that. I can't wait because of the shows. Cause I think in some way it's going to be like, and we're back. (laughs) The moment those lights go down, the moment those lights go down, it's going to be just like, we're going to feel that. And, and, and 100%. You're getting me excited talking about that. How are we going to (laughs) keep that energy going? That first night when it's just out, Outrageous, and my dream is to have it going on and on and on. And that if we can well, learn anything from the pandemic or whatever, I'd like to. Yeah, we have that energy a lot. We have for me. Per- for me personally, I feel like the one thing the pandemic gave me is like I got back to when I did pick my base up again. I was just working on base stuff that I found was interesting and that a friend of mine had showed me. So then I was kind of like back to like sixteen, seventeen. Just up at four yeah. in the morning, playing with my ear against the bass, you know, and then it kind of like when I got when I lived there for a while, I started to realize like how important it was to other people. Like you know, I take it for granted, and it's like I do it because it's fun. It's very kind of selfish in a way, but then now I'm like, oh yeah, I really see like how much people. What it's yeah. natural to me is like a big thing to someone else. And now I want to play again. So I think, you know, it's just a long way of saying it. I think I found that my gratitude for the whole thing, like the, the part that I didn't like, the travel, I don't like crowds, you know, I get the tension, the nervousness, all that stuff. It's like, yeah, but that's the whole thing. Like, I got to say, you know, you've got to take it for granted to do it night after night. It's the only yeah. way to do it successfully. Right. Yeah. And I also for, think, for 30 years, too. Right. That's right. And also, <laughs> I would say, I think, lower your expectations on how different you'll be one show into this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we will go right back 
I hope, I actually hope that within two or three shows, we're like, and we're complaining about the same old stuff. <laughs> Comedy <laughs> did that to me real quick. Right? Comedy I, did I that don't to me think I might not have anything to complain about. Yeah, I don't think the takeaway <laughs> is dream on, Bill. as people think. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But I, I hear you. I, I can't think about that even. I just can't think about how high I'm going to be when we get to play. That's hilarious. Um, I mean, that's just how I Oh, am. I thought you meant like how much you were going to dose before you could <laughs> <laughs> I have it all worked out every day. Nice. I have my little pill container and I have a little microdose and then take Saturday off. Well, Saturday I just want to, I want to make sure that like, I just take it uh, like the day for what it is. You yeah, know what I mean? With a little more gratitude than I had before, which is, you know. I'm going to tell you, you're one of the most gratitude filled people I know. Don't sell your prior self short. Don't sell. Really? You think? short. Yeah. I think everyone does this. Sort of like great yeah. valuing pre-pandemic. You had pretty figured out before all this. Didn't necessarily need the lesson. I would I was along. I along. I had figured my junk out. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, I am glad that it got me, you know, just to go back to that, because it's the career thing, like you say. When it make when it's a career, it just changes things. And then I would like you know, when I would come back home, I wouldn't play bass. I play drums. I play banjo. I play piano. Now I play all of it. I still play drums and yeah. piano and banjo stuff. But I've like, so I'm glad that it brought me back to that thing and just kind of like, kind of like a full circle. Like yeah. I can look back from here on the whole thing from 16 to Gillette Stadium. Right. right. You know, all cat and mouse. So teal. I think yeah, cat and mouse with music, with with creativity. I want it. 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 I got it. Okay, fine. I have it. I think that's actually the greatest thing about music is that music lets you fall out of love with it and doesn't get mad. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> lets you no, fall out no, of love. Right. And goes, well, cool. Go play video games. I'll, I'll be, be here, here when, when you back. need me. Here it's like a mom. I pick up the guitar. Check this out. I pick up the guitar. I go, oh, I better stay hot. Better stay warm. I pick up the guitar. I go, all right, still there. I turn it off. All right. I'll wait to go to work. Good. Good. Yeah. I can't wait for the tour, man. This is going to be incredible. Same here. Go, Otia. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I don't want to keep you guys. You can go if you want to. No, I bet you keep every time when you guys session reminds me of another story. When I was playing these last couple of days on Tuesday, the final day with uh, Carlos and everything, uh, there were people on the beach because in Hawaii, the beaches are open. Nobody can close the beach like in Southern California and all that kind of horrible stuff. So there's a nice group of people back there. I suddenly realized, God, the beach and the water, that's hate street. The new hate street. There's all those people that are there for free. We're nice. playing outside. And, and it's me and Carlos from those days. Wow. I just thought, oh, there's another hate street right there. That's, yeah, great. that's beautiful. That's the shit that's I look Hate Beach. It is yeah. so funny, too. Hate when Beach. You- when you see that old, there's like an old video of uh, Carlos yeah, sitting with like, I think somebody like The View or something, or I forget who he's being interviewed by. And he's talking about Woodstock, like when he had to go on early and uh, he had just like Garcia had just given him like a, a bunch of uh, mescaline and he goes out and does that rip and soul sacrifice. That's like the most 
powerful image of any of Woodstock, maybe other than Hendrix playing Star Spangled Banner. But like he just said, he's like, Jerry just gave it to me and I just let the music. He goes, you looked at it, the neck of his guitar and it's just turning into a snake and all that. And you just, when you watch that, I've watched that 10 million times after, after but him telling that story to these like, you know, Sunday morning CBS, like, you know, it's yeah. just the most beautiful thing in the world, man. And he's just nice. such a spiritual dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I love that image, man, of you and Carlos yeah. on the beach on the Hades. That's, that's beautiful, man. I've, all this time, you know? Yeah, it was. Nice... It was so good to see him after all these years. It's been, what, how many, 50 years, 40 years? Shit. I mean, I've seen him playing his bands and love his bands. You get the baddest ass oh, bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. And now he's, he's, he always loves to say this. And Billy, I love my drummer. I married her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, really li- I really like my drummer. I married her. Cindy Blackman. I saw her play with Pharaoh Sanders in heels and crush it. She's a badass drummer. She man. is, dude. She, really that, was, that was a great show. Was, yeah. Well, Amy and I were in Denver. We were playing with us guys. And Denver, I forget the name of the place. And Amy and I are coming down the elevator. And there she is. And he's in the elevator all by herself. And we're going down, and Amy goes, "Oh, I'm- hey, my my husband's a drummer too." <laughs> she didn't know who the hell I was, right? It kind of embarrassed me a little bit, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, can I can I ask you one quick question? I've been really thinking about a bunch. Knowing Jerry and how humble and how like a student of music he was, and he really valued the music over everything else. How do you think he would feel about all these guitar players that are every state has a dead cover band? <laughs> everybody's playing Jerry somewhere in the cosmic Jerry looking down on us. How do you think that makes, you know, like, like, what do you think he thinks about all of that? I think about this quite often. That's a hell of a good question. Um, I have to just fantasize that because I, I, by knowing him, I think he would really like it that people are picking up and that he's influencing people in a good way. He's not teaching them how to steal cars or, doing mm-hmm. bad boogie with you know facebook photos from a brothel you know yeah <laughs> like some like some drummers that's were not doing. Too you know what's interesting about about his playing that i actually thought about very recently jerry garcia exists before the concept of guitar hero so yeah. there was a certain muscularity that that guitar heroism picked up mm-hmm. in 70s mid seven late 70s early 80s was where i yeah, feel like yeah. there was a certain atomic bomb kind of playing on the like guitar Pete townsend kind of playing yeah yeah and, and hendrix kind of yeah, like nice hendrix right well you can even look yeah. at hendrix and that was although strangely enough there's some revisionist history on hendrix because hendrix was a fairly soft player he was just loud mm. eddie mm. kramer who was hendrix's mm. producer was in the studio across from me one time and was playing me the solo tracks from Band of Gypsies. Which is the best thing ever. We all have it wrong. We all, every guitar player has it wrong. It ain't that crunchy. It's not that distorted. It's actually mm. pretty glassy. It's just loud, but it's his control of it that's, that's pushing. It's happened. Yeah. And so I think what people are going back to about Jerry's playing is it's pre high energy guitar ripping. And it's more subtle and nuanced, and it's a little more like swimming yeah. than it is cigarette boats, you know. Yeah, 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 or, yeah. And it is scuba diving, you know. I can mm. understand the correlation, and so yeah. me, I didn't realize it until maybe earlier this morning when I was thinking about this podcast. But wow, mm. before guitar playing got so 
acrobatic. And I think all us guitar players who have moved all the way through, turn it up, crank it, put a tube screamer on it, let it rip. There is something, there's an elegance that we never quite caught on the guitar that we're now super curious about finding this, this elegance on the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a man. feminine, a feminine thing. I've man, after my brother died, I mean, you know, just a slew of deaths, but I found Jerry's guitar like remarkably healing. It's voice too, but his guitar. I remember I was just playing stuff around the house, and I would just kind of stop wherever I was in the room, and it would just like fix stuff in me. Mm-hmm. And it's that feminine <laughs> side, man. I just was like, I guess I just had to get older to really yeah. Yeah. understand the layered depth of what he yeah, some, he things, just... some things you got to hear all the rest first to get uh, and, yeah they got to get out of the way and, and, you have and to get out of the way Harry's right. not doing this he's not doing no. I think yeah. it's more like this yeah, yeah. just yeah. happened to have to be played this way but it wasn't it was it was piano mm-hmm. this way to me you know and when it did come out it was crying that he was like, when you hear those morning dues, mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah. and it's just like, did, oh, you, just... did you guys uh, also listen to the parts where he is just playing by himself? Yes. And he's just, yes. and they were never long enough, but I, I could always hear on those parts after the band had jammed and done everything. And it would be just him. Maybe Phil was still there pedaling or whatever. Um, I would hear the most true Jerry in those moments. I'd hear the most intimate. The, I would really hear his personality yeah. in that time when there wasn't, drums going in there it was just so amazing and you could hear him kind of laments in his playing yeah. had great, a little, great, uh, great little pathos he has a teeny great, bit of pathos great. in there when he's playing mm-hmm. yeah and it, it's it, it like hints at the blues but it's not the blues right yes it's a you know? it's exactly it i that's exactly well, it. i mean like, key blues you can listen yeah. to a sing me back home and it'll stop you in Ooh. your tracks and you're Ooh. just like i, I mean the, the way that, he, that made me go eh. yeah <laughs> just but and you know what's so beautiful to see too is when you watch like after a song or after like he may glance over his glasses at you and you, he kind of has like a wow that was something like there was always mm-hmm. this beautiful childish humility to him too where it was like mm-hmm. we just pulled something pretty amazing off and it right, was just to right. see you all kind of like go, yep, again, we still got it. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a magical thing, you know, and thank you for all of that. Yeah, I can't wait till we do it again, guys. Yeah, I know. We don't want to keep now. you. Thank uh, you. Well, it's so been great, you guys. Way fun season. seeing both of you. I haven't seen you. How long? I can't wait to see you. Thank you for Soon. your time. Soon. Thank you so thank much you. for everything. Come on. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 